The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode, Trident Room host Luke Gorski sits down and gets to know NPS student and fellow podcast host Marcus Antonellis. Being a firefighter, and now you're here, and you're um, in the space systems operations. Yeah, program. so quite a quite a roller coaster. Um, yeah, it was. It, it's funny. Um, I and I don't. Um, I don't know how much this will go to my credit, but the uh, the way NPS slates are managed for SWOs is it's part of the talent management board now, and they'll set. They sent out um, all the options of things you could apply for at NPS, and I was going through them, and. Uh, like there were, there were, I wanted to, I was, I would have been comfortable taking any of them. They were all very interesting and stuff I would su- be super happy with. But then I saw the space systems majors on there. I was like, oh man, I could go learn about space. That sounds really cool. So I put that on there. I didn't think a whole lot of it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I went to, I got a degree in math, but I wasn't the best college student. I didn't have the best GPA. I assumed some, I, I figured some, uh, some polytechnic institute kid would get that spot who had a 4.0. Um, but then a, a few weeks later, I, I, I walk in, I get called up to CEO's cab and he's like, you're going NPS to study space. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you got the space systems operations spot. And I was like, oh man, that's really cool. And so when you say the space systems, is there only one? For no, the no, no, sorry. Company? Yeah, okay. no, no, sorry. So there are in, in, in my class now, there is one... Other so with my my cohort, there's one other uh, SWO. Yeah, one. Um, so not right, not so not a whole lot. Um, yeah, so, and it start it only starts once a year. So if you look at it, they take two SWOs a year. So I'm pretty. I, like I, I I remember calling because this was also during um, uh, the COVID um, restrictions would start setting in around this time as well, and I called. And um, it was uh, Professor Tackett uh, answered the phone, and I started asking him, like, "Hey, I gotta, I, I, I gotta, I gotta fill out this waiver to be able to come to NPS." And I was saying, "Is there any like more information you can give me on the program?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, like what community are you from?" I was like, "Oh, I'm a SWO." He's like, "Oh wow, we don't get a whole lot of those here. You should, you should say that. They'll, they'll definitely let you come." I was like, "Okay, sure." So I did, and it, it worked out great. So Professor Tackett had great advice, um, as he usually does. Um, so yeah, so I guess long story short, I applied for the space systems operations program because I thought it sounded cool, and I ended up here. And, and is it cool? And spoiler, alert, it's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 all over the place. Like I was saying earlier, like electromagnetism, satellite communications, plasma, sunspots, lunar eclipses, orbital mechanics, like quote unquote rocket science, just incredibly cool. Never in a million years would I have thought I would be able to still be a naval officer, but also learn about space to the level that I'm learning it to. It's 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 really awesome, and I'm honestly thankful for it every single day. Um, and I think going back to the whole teaching thing, um, I think a lot of the things that I'm learning now in this program is going to be tremendously applicable when I go back to the fleet as a department head. Um, we see a lot of um, threats now um, coming 
uh, out of um, coming from our adversaries. Um, these hypersonic glide vehicles, um, space operations, um, so we're, and just an, an environment where objects move on the order of not miles per hour anymore, it's kilometers per second. And that is just, that is, it is mind-bendingly fast. Like nothing, nothing we've been able to track or do anything with before conven like conventionally. And that is still, that is still very much new to like SWOs like myself. And my goal when I go back to my ship is to take these, these, these tidbits. Cause obviously I don't want to, I don't want to sit down day one and be like, all right, orbital mechanics, like, all right, this is the earth. This is how it's like, I don't want to do that, but I really want to distill what I'm learning here with the, the hypersonics, um, the exoatmospherics, the satellite communications, how that stuff impacts surface warfare and be able to distill that down and bring that to my next ship. And all, all the stuff I'm learning here is nothing but amazing and has set me up to do that just very, very well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because um, I, th I think, as you can tell, I, I really like to nerd out about things I'm relatively, <coughs> excuse me, passionate about. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so uh, let's go back to uh, draw similarity to your time back as the uh, DCA, back on the John Paul Jones. Now you're yeah. uh, Lieutenant Commander Antonellis, and you're walking around the mess decks again. And Seaman Timmy comes back. He saw that really cool Jaws of Life demonstration you did before, and he says, Sir, what's the most uh, interesting thing you can tell me about uh, what you learned at MPS being a space systems oh. major? Oh, man. So I think, so I mean, I hate to sound like a, like, sort of rehash on what I already touched on, but I think what really blows my mind um, about the the things in space is just the 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 speeds at which things move up there. Um, it is it is and I think a lot of uh, conventional warfare uh, officers still have a kind of difficult time fathoming I mean pilots might not, but I, at least on the SWO side, um, um, things moving like orbiting the earth once every 90 minutes, like that's, that's unheard, like that's unheard of, um, solar winds moving at 450, 500 kilometers a second. Yeah. Just the magnitude of which things move and the interconnectedness of, of, of everything and how we as humans have gotten it all to work. So you're, there's this, there is, there's a satellite that's flying around the earth at 7.4 kilometers per second. So it's, it's going around the earth every 90 minutes. It is just going meltingly fast, but at the same time, it is taking like to a, to like, like centimeter resolution pictures of like whoever's back here. Like, so you could go look at your backyard on Google earth. That's, that's, that's amazing to me space has just yielded so many of these technologies nowadays that we just take for granted. And in the classes I've taken so far and in the classes I get to take in the future, I, I think that, 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 that the significance of that has just been impressed upon me to a point where I don't think I'll ever forget. Like I, I will never think that space is just this mundane thing that we can just take advantage of. It, 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 is, it, is, it is far from that. It is, it is very far from that. So that's what I would say. If, if, if Seaman Timmy has enough time to listen to that, that, that spiel before his eyes glaze over and he wants to go get in the mess line, then that's great. But, uh, 
but that's what I would try to say to him. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so beyond learning um, some of the more abstract um, ideas of space, orbital mechanics, those kind of things. Um, I'm going to kind of throw another scenario at you and see um, kind of how you think the MPS education you're getting here is going to help you become a better warfighter in the fleet. So uh, you go to your next ship, uh, DDG, whatever. Let's say you go back to Pearl Harbor. Oh, why not, right? I'd love to. <laughs> Great scuba um, diving there. You show up a couple months later, the Chinese decide they're going over the Taiwan Strait, and you get called out to go and provide assistance and what do you think the valuable lessons that you learned in your space mechanics program can help you provide the United States Navy in a warfighting environment? Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so let me just unpack that question real quick. So if when, when, so like you said, when push comes to shove, um, a SWO sitting, standing on the bridge, sorry, I sat on the bridge of my first ship because they had really awesome chairs, but you have to stand on every single other ship I've ever been to. It's a shame. Um, but a SWO standing on the bridge of a destroyer, LHD, cruiser, LCS, minesweeper, what have you, um, what can they benefit from by you know, having this space knowledge? So big thing, they need to understand that this, the, the satellite communications and the information relays that they rely on are not always going to be there. And that's like takeaway number one, honestly, because well, while we have learned about how, well, I have learned about how capable and awesome all the satellite communications, all the space technology is, the second biggest thing I've learned is how fragile and susceptible it is, not like obviously to adversarial actions, but to rain to foliage, to temperature, to humidity, to all these different things. And while you don't need to know, as a watchstander, you don't need to know, oh, uh, it's raining. I judge this to be slightly heavy rain. Therefore, this signal will attenuate by this many decibels. No, I'm not saying you need to know that as a warfighter. As a warfighter, you do need to know that, hey, I'm trying to reach so-and-so over the horizon, but they are this far away, it is raining where they are, and there's an island in the way with a forest on it. So you got to do them. You, you don't have to do the exact math, but you need to know that, hey, I shouldn't rely solely on this signal. And I think what, what warfighters should take away is that, hey, space is not the end all be all when it comes to satellite communications and d data relaying, but it is very, very significant uh, and very important that one knows how that part of the puzzle works. Because um, oftentimes, I mean, com and on, SWO, on, on, uh, on qualification boards for your surface warfare pin, um, comms questions are always, or I, I won't say always, but they are usually the bane of a lot of unqualified ensigns trying to get their uh, their SWO pin. I say that because it was a bit, it was the bane. Like, I wish I had taken this course before I had gone to get my SWO pin, and I'll just say that. Um, and someone, if you can't if you can't communicate, you can't fight effectively, and that's that's rule number one. I mean, without sounding too lofty, I mean that's rule number one of war fighting. Like, you have to be able to communicate. So, 
that's i hope i answered that question no yeah no i think it makes sense it's, roundabout you know, way we uh i think it's become kind of a very apparent to the the deity community as a whole that i mean space is great but it's not always going to be there which is you know in some ways we need to understand the way that our terrestrial systems work whether that's you know an hf radio that maybe god forbid you have to use or um whatever else you might have on the ship to use to communicate um but you also have an understanding of what capabilities you do have at your disposal. Um, so maybe you know one type of SATCOM goes down, but you still have linked data flowing through, and how those kind of different things, or how those different things get affected. Is that something that no, might yeah. go through the space program or the space systems? Oh yeah, no, for program? for for sure. Um, yeah, another thing I just wanted to impress upon, like a lot of times, surface warfare. I again, I'm only going to speak for the surface warfare community because. I'm a part of it. Um, I'd rather not make claims for the the, uh, the submariners or the pilots, but uh, a lot of times when when space and stuff like that comes up, I, th- I feel like the mentality is, oh, that's space. Like that's for that's for the smart people, that's for the space force, that's for that's for the people with pocket protectors sitting in front of the NASA multi-screen layout. That's for them to worry about. I don't need to worry about space, and that's not true. That and especially 2021. And and follow and follow on like there like space is going to become a space is already a naval warfighting domain, and it's our responsibility as conscious surface warfare officers to know how to operate, integrate, and fight in that domain. Yeah, the same way you have to understand. You may not be a submariner, but you have to understand how operate undersea operations work. You're not a pilot, but you have to understand how things fly through the air. Exactly, space just adds another domain like you were saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, now we're, how many months do you have left here at MPS? So I have, so I'm in my third semester now of a seven semester program. So four times, so 12, about a year left. And are you on a thesis track? How does that work? So yeah, so I'm, so this is the semester I'm supposed to figure that out. Um, I'm still doing some soul searching. Um, I have I have a few ideas written down on a piece of paper on my fr- refrigerator at home, um, but uh, nothing concrete yet. So uh, I'll uh, maybe we can sit down and talk again when I figure out what I actually wanna what I actually wanna do. But uh, but yeah, this is soon. So soon I'll have hopefully have some idea of what I want to do for a thesis. Yeah. What would you like to see the direction the podcast goes? Or personally, you as a host, who would you like to interview, seek out? Yeah. So good, really good question. So. I, I, I really want I really want this podcast to continue because we've had we've had a tremendous amount of freedom here at MPS, fortunately. And I really just want to maintain and preserve that freedom of creativity. I don't care how big or small it is. As long as the creative integrity of it gets preserved, that's fantastic. That is that because that is that is very, very, very valuable. Um, as far as people I really want to talk to, so I've already gotten to talk to some pretty awesome folks. Um, I really, really want to be able to sit down. So um, uh, Jim Newman, Dr. Jim Newman, has already done a couple podcasts with uh, with Joe Novak. I really would like to get him back on because there are just so many. Um, he has just had such an in, he has such an interesting story and so many cool amazing experiences if you don't know he he's a, he was an astronaut and he he works here now in the space systems uh, uh, academic group um and he just has tremendously interesting stories um building the iss working with the russians 
um, just just so cool. Um, and he, he, I know him and Joe talked for quite a while, but there's still more, more in that pack. guy's head that we can that we can get out, and I think it'd be be to our uh, listeners' benefit to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, of course. Off my first podcast. So yeah, it was good. Uh, of course. Well, I really enjoyed it, and thanks again for letting me be the uh, the uh, questionable flagship for your new uh, Meet the Host series. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tridentroom.